Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. All right, welcome everyone. We got another special guest today. It's my man, Will Harris of the Detroit Lions. He's in the building. Will, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for making the time. You know, I know the season just ended, so, um, you know, mixed emotions, I'm sure. It's always got to be nice after a long season, a lot of hard work to take some take some downtime, relax, you know, refocus, obviously, on a nice note, too, beating the Green Bay Packers in the last game. So, congrats. That's that's not an easy team. Number one seed in uh, NFC, what, NFC North just overall. So, um, mm-hmm. cheers. Nice work. And, you know, if you wouldn't mind, give me a little bit of background because, again, my – podcast is sort of poker focused, but dive out into a lot of different verticals and areas. Maybe just kind of give a little, little, uh, give me your life in like two minutes, basically what I'm asking. Tell me a little background, then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hop in and ask some questions. Let's start with that. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, once again, thanks for having me. You know, I grew up, uh, you know, grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. I went to school uh, at North Gwinnett High School in, um, in Georgia, Gwinnett County. Uh, got recruited to a number, you know, three or four, only had like three or four offers. I uh, ended up kind of falling in love with uh, BC, with Boston College, went there and, and you know, had a hell of a time, met some of my best friends to this day, had a lot of football moments, a lot of great football memories. Uh, then, you know, was blessed enough to be uh, drafted in the third round by Detroit. And, uh, you know, Detroit's been my home ever since. So, uh, you know, yeah, you know, like you said, around this time, uh, you know, it's good to, you know, kind of have some time off at the same time, you know, as a competitor, as a football player, you kind of want to be, you know, still, you know, lacing up the cleats and strapping on the pads around this time, around playoff time. So that's the goal, you know, long-term and, um, you know, yeah. So we're going to, we're going to, you know, sit, chill for a minute and kind of bring everything back and, uh, you know, take some time to just relax and, you know, get back to work, you know, for the grand picture. That's awesome. And, and I got to, I mean, I have so many questions. It's so interesting to become an NFL player. I mean, it's honestly, obviously you hear the the stuff. I'm sure your, your parents or friends growing up and coaches and people tell you how hard and how unrealistic that is, right? Like even the top level, top players and the, and the, you know, you know, the math better than me, what percent actually make it to a professional. So, right. you know, first of all, congrats. I mean, that's amazing. And thank I guess where I want to dive in and start is when did you sort of, when was it ever a goal to be in the NFL, or I should say a realistic goal? Because you, you, you're in high school. You know, tell me, were you like the top guy in the area? You know, were you sort of – when did you sort of blossom? And when was it an actual reality you thought you would be? Because, of course, everyone believes right. it's playing, right? They're like, I love football. Right. I want to be a professional. When were you like, I, man, like – and people actually get, took you seriously that you could be an NFL prospect. Right, right. Um, I've always wanted to play, uh, you know, the play in the NFL ever since I was young. Uh, my father actually played in the NFL uh, for a number of years as well. Wow. Uh, so, you know, kind of taking taking that from him, you know, at a very young age, uh, also being, uh, you know, the firstborn, I, I kind of, uh, I don't know, I kind of gravitated towards that. And, you know, it's kind of something, it, and it doesn't even have to do with necessarily football. It just has to do with, you know, something that my father did and made, made it to, you know, the ultimate level. So that's, you know, it could have been anything and I would have wanted to follow in his footsteps. So, you know, that's kind of number one. And then, you know, having played football for so long, you know, through the ranks, I just, uh, you know, you go from playing, uh, you know, for fun, you know, and, you know, 
freaking, you know, preschool, elementary, middle school, you know, you're playing just for the love of, you know, for the love of the game, you know, and it's, you know, when you hit high school, you know, people start telling you left and right that, you know, hey, you know, around 10th, 11th grade, like, hey, like, you could be, like, you could do this on the next level, you know, meaning college, like, you can do this, you can do this, you start hearing this left and right, you start seeing some of your older colleagues or some of your older friends start, you know, getting offers and, and, and going on recruiting business. And so, and then you just kind of, you meld into that world and you start to, you know, you focus on that world of like, how do I do that? How do you just keep your head down and keep kind of grinding? Um, like, how do I get there? How do I get there? So for a long time, the NFL wasn't even uh, in my sights. I just wanted to get to play college football. You know, I wanted, you know, to be, uh, you know, on a college game day, you know, I, I watch college football every weekend with, with, with my father and my little brother. You, you all used, used to sit around the TV and watch football, man. And, you know, I just wanted to be on a college game day. I used to be on, you know, those big, you know, CBS, Fox, whatever we were playing on ESPN. I, I used to always wanted to be, you know, on those networks, you know, playing, you know, in prime time. So that was that was my number one goal, right? And then you get to college and then you start, you know, start your colleagues start, you know, getting drafted and, you know, making teams here and start making plays, uh, you know, on the next level. And you're like, man, like, if I just keep my head down, man, I, like, I know that guy, you know, I know him. I know that I can do it, you know, if I just, you know, keep my head down. So it was kind of a, you know, progression. All that to say it was definitely a progression over, you know, over the years, uh, and, you know, definitely and, different stages. But like when you were at Boston College, because, you know, that's it's a strong program. It's a it's a division one big university. Was it did it, did you have a point where you kind of like had a growth spurt or you just like had a great season or was it like, you know, when did it sort of become where you're like, wow, I actually might get drafted. Like when when, when were you right. like when you realize <laughs> that? Because it's it's hard. It's competitive. And even, you know, it's just uh, tell me about that process, because like how many guys from your team got drafted in the NFL from the year you played there? I mean, was there, was there, how many, how many actually made it? Right. So, um, you know, in my early years, uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to play, you know, as a freshman, but at the same time, you know, like I said, in my, my freshman year, I wasn't really concerned about, uh, you know, the grand scheme. It's, you know, you fast forward until, you know, about my junior year. And as I'm playing in my junior year, you know, we're starting to, we're, we're starting to beat some pretty good teams. We're starting to, you know, have, you know, consistent, uh, you know, back-to-back games, consistent, you know, good productive seasons. And a lot of this stuff is coming together. And at the same time that that's happening, you know, some of my, uh, some of my older, uh, you know, friends, uh, you know, one being Justin Simmons, who plays for Denver, Denver Broncos, uh, he was a senior while I was a freshman. He ended up getting drafted. And I was like, man, like, I was just playing, like, right next to him, man. And he just went off and got drafted. Now he's doing big things. And then my boy... Uh, John Johnson, you know, and who is a year under him, he was a junior at the time, uh, ended up getting drafted uh, to the uh, LA Rams. And I was like, man, like the same round, like third round too. And then lastly, uh, my boy Ike, uh, Isaac Yadam, ended up getting drafted as well. Third round, like DB, like same position and everything. I was just like, I don't know, man, but like, <laughs> I think I could, I think I could maybe do this, you know? Um, so it was it was around that junior year is when, you know, uh, because the whole time scouts will you know come to practices and uh, you'll be able to you know side talks you know here and there between you know between scouts and then at the uh, towards the end of my junior year, you know, you got you know agents that are you know that come along saying hey when it's time whenever it's time, uh, 
you know, you know, think about this, think about that, you know, think about what's like we're working together, this and that. And that's when I started realizing, like, okay, you know, people are taking me seriously. People are ranking me, you know, in these, you know, position rankings around the, around the country. And, you know, you get graded, um, you know, relative to everyone else in the country. And you're like, all right, well, um, you know, I think I can do this. I think I could, you know, for sure make a career out of this. And it's something that I've always wanted to do since I was young. So, you know, and, and I put the pedal to the metal. That's amazing. Did, and did you, when the agents start coming and talking, how did you have, and you said you had some friends and contacts a little bit older, so that probably helps give you some, ask them about, um, you know, what's going on or, or what, you know, to say like, hey, how does this work or who do you suggest? But was that, did you end up using an agent? Do you have one currently? And what was that process and that selection like? Yeah. Um, so uh, the agent, you know, I have now I've known for, you know, since I was, uh, since I was right about to come out of college. And um, uh, yeah, so like, uh, I met my agent through uh, one of my other uh, colleagues, one of my older colleagues, uh, was his agent as well. And so, you know, just kind of hit it off, you know, trusted him. And it was also, you know, a very gleaming thing that he represented one of my boys who I trusted as well. And I know that makes great decisions when it comes to people who represent him, people who could possibly speak for him or have power of attorney, you know, for, you know, for him. Um, so I kind of trusted that process a lot. And as I uh, continued to, at, you know, once I met him and continued to get to know, get to know him over time, you know, it started to really gel well. And, you know, I had a good feeling about where I wanted to go. Um, you know, and he's been my, he's been my agent ever since. So that's um, awesome. Does a great job for me. So. Very cool. What, what do you think before just, uh, just thinking on this subject, what about the NIL? I mean, in, in some ways, are you like, man, this is about time. This is great. I mean, is it a little frustrating that, you know, the history of the NCAA, I don't know, a hundred, however many years just after you leave that maybe you could have benefited from that summer. Do you think that it was almost like not the end of the world? Cause maybe you would have made some money, but it, it's not a big enough deal or, or do like, you know, people now at BC or places like I, I'm fascinated by that because I would imagine there's a lot of decent deals for guys locally, right? Like restaurants, car dealership, places where they are putting some money in. And you do hear stories about even some some full teams getting some deals from certain areas and stuff. So what are your thoughts on that? And and is it frustrating or you're just happy that you're in the NFL now? It's okay because you're making money and, and these guys are making money now too, hopefully some. How do you feel on that? Yeah, man, I'm I'm really right there in the middle of it. I'm between both of those answers, kind of, because it's crazy, man. I don't know. I can't, you know, say for sure, you know, how much I would have benefited, especially, uh, you know, going to at the time, you know, BC wasn't really, you know, we weren't really high in the ACC at the time, or, you know, it wasn't, you know, let's call a spade a spade. It wasn't, you know, Ohio State or USC or, you know, Alabama. But at the same time, man, it's just like, I'm so glad that, um, I'm, I'm just so glad that players are being able to uh, benefit, you know, from their likeness now. And obviously that's been a topic of discussion for years and years and years. And to be honest, I'm, I'm glad that someone's able to, uh, you know, if not us and not, you know, the ones who came before me and we weren't able to experience that. I'm glad that uh, this kind of new wave of, of, you know, athletes are able to experience that because, it, it was just so, it, it was so uneven. <laughs> it, it was just so uneven. And, and there were things that, and even with not only that, but even though the new like trans, the, the, the new transfer um, portal uh, rules and regulations, man, it's like, 
because for a long time, man, you had to, if you wanted to transfer somewhere, you know, you had to kind of sit out and it, a lot of times transferring, there was a big gamble of if I transfer, I may not ever, like my whole career may be off the tracks, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it may just take too long for me to restart that, you know, that engine. Um, so, you know, when at the same time, you know, you commit to, you know, a coach or a coaching staff or, you know, because of this, this and that and their beliefs. And you're like, yeah, like I want to come here because of, you know, X, Y, and Z. And then you get there and it's like the whole thing could change in a heartbeat. Someone else could take another job, you know, the whole nine. So I'm just glad that we kind of, you know, even it out a little bit, give, give the players and the ones who are putting their bodies on the line every, you know, every weekend, give them some, some agency, you know, in this, in this deal. I saw you took some official visits. So I actually, I played also a sport in college division one. I played soccer. I went to university of South Carolina. So, you know, it's, it's different. It's not NFL. Uh, it's, it's, I'm sorry. It's not football. It's or basketball, which is like the major ones, baseball and college. But it was fun. I got to do some of the official visits, unofficial visits, all that. I see, I think you, you went to a few places, including unofficial, I think Florida state, um, you were official visit maybe at, was it UConn and Penn state Syracuse. So you were, you were looking at a few of these schools. What was, what was that process like? And how did you ultimately kind of decide on BC versus the other, other major universities? Right. Um, so, you know, it all boiled up. My, my mother actually went to Florida state. So that visit, uh, was a, was a very eye-opening uh, visit for me when I went there, Jimbo Fisher was still there at the time. And uh, yeah, I was just super excited to be on the campus, man. And I was, you know, super excited just to just to have the opportunity to be there and be on the sidelines for one of their games, man. And, uh, you know, I was still young, you know, at the time. And, uh, you know, when you're young and you get the idea of something, everything comes off very, very appealing to you. Yeah. Uh, so it's like what's, you know, whatever's in your face at the moment becomes very appealing to you. So while I was in Tallahassee, while I was in on Florida State's campus, I mean, I was like if they were to, if they were to offer me, man, I would I would have probably you know been on the spot. But at the same time, you know they did show a lot of uh, interest. But at the same time, they uh, you know they didn't offer me, and um, that was very that, that was very eye opening just as a competitor uh, because like we all do, I, I you know I felt that I was um, I felt that I was as good if not better than some of the guys who they were showing supreme interest in and they were giving offers in but you know that's just you know the business and that's just you know that was my kind of my first dose of you know the business side or you know or the um you don't want to say the political side but you know pretty much the business side of you know sports is that you know sometimes it has nothing to do with you it's it's about how the team feels and the team needs and what they think is best for them and so you know that kind of gave me an extra chip on my shoulder you know Penn, uh, Penn State was the same thing showed interest but never offered uh so you got florida state penn state man and um uh actually you know pittsburgh did the same thing uh for, you know for some reason i went all the way out there and they were uh they were high on me and it just you know you know some things just fell through the cracks and so i kind of just took that took those three uh instances those three examples and just you know took them on the chin and that really made me uh, that gave me you know more you know gasoline to put on the fire um, you know, when I finally got to BC, you know, I'd, I'd love to BC because they uh, they wanted me. And that's the thing that I was looking for in my whole recruiting uh, journey was someone that's going to be like, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put all the chips in on, on Will Harris. Like, we want this guy. Like, we need you here. 
And right. BC is the, really one of the only schools that gave me that feeling, like that I was wanted there, that I could, you know, make their team, you know, have a role in making the team better. So I went there, man, and, you know, never looked back ever since. And of course, you know, was fortunate enough to play Florida State and, you know, made sure I always did my thing against them. <laughs> that, that, yeah, no, I'm sure you had a little extra pep in the step in those games. That, that's awesome. I mean, it's one of those things where I, I want to know a bit more about like game film. The, the process too, because now I would imagine analytics is such a major part of so many sports and recruiting and transfers and soccer in particular, right? We'll call it American. Well, yeah, American soccer world, you know, knows it as, as football, but so like the, the recruiting process, just like in anything is I'm sure getting better, but it's gotta be a bit ambiguous, right? Because you got a guy, you have a good game in high school or a couple good games and there's scouts around and they, they, they see you, or maybe you have a bad game and someone's there or not your best game. So it's got to be a bit tricky to, for the recruiting process because there's there's like you know 50 or so maybe I don't know I don't know how many would say universities 100 maybe 50 that are like the top 50 you know in and out the top 25 to 50 um, you know and there, there's obviously your pecking order where you want to go but there like you said there's there's politics there's luck there's a lot that goes into that just like I would imagine for the NFL too it's a little more refined because there's more stats but you know if you're playing at one team versus soft competition. Versus, uh, uh, you know, in your your conference, you're in ACC or the if you're in the SEC or Big Ten, right? It can it can be kind of tricky to know who's like these numbers are misleading or all this. So like, how are you, you know, how is that? How are you able to kind of process that with that luck factor about how who's watching you? I mean, I guess the, the answer would be you do your best, right? You're always on interview. You're just doing your best. But how, how are you able to sort of calibrate that and in, in, in that process? Do you think that there's is there, is there an issue with that right now with, with in the, in the, in the, the football college recruiting, do you think there's stuff that could be done better or is it pretty good in terms of being able to evaluate players coming out of high school? Right. Well, you know, I think just because of the volume of players, you know, I'm going to kind of speak out of, you know, both sides of my mouth here, you know, with my answer, um, you know, on the one hand, you know, I get it uh, because there's such a high volume of players coming out of high school who all want to be recruited. Right. And so you have, you know, things like, you know, the ESPN 300 or like the rivals, you know, rivals ranked, you know, um, athlete, you know, profile list. And then you have, you know, all these different, you know, you got 24 seven sports, you got all these different kind of blogs um, to be ranked on. So you have, you know, thousands of kids coming out, right. And they all want to be ranked. And there's all these camps that you can go to. There's a camp led by Nike. There's Under Armour All-American game. There's a, you know, Adidas seven on seven. Like there's so many avenues to where uh, kids can get, you know, exposure, you know, especially in this day and age where, you know, you know, highlight tapes and stuff like that are all being, you know, displayed on Twitter, Instagram, like there's so many ways to be discovered. Just the downside about that is that the volume of it is so high. Like when I was coming out um, of high school and I used to go to some of these camps, like you go to these camps to compete, right? And used to see some of uh, some of these guys who were, you know, four stars, five stars with, you know, offers from everybody in the country. And a lot of times they'd get these, you know, awards for like the top athlete or like the best performer in these camps. And, you know, and then you look back and like, what did they really do? And they only really went through a couple of like warm up drills or like ladder drills. So a lot of this stuff is just like, you know, uh, a lot of this is just, you know, kind of, you know, political in the way. Uh, their run because if you have a four or five star recruit there, you know of course you want to you know pump those guys up, 
and it's crazy to see because it never fails. Um, there's always guys every single year, and there always will be guys, you know, who are, you know, not, not unranked, you know, no-star guys, one, two-star guys who always come out. You're like, where did this guy come from? Mm-hmm. And on one, on one end, you know, it's hard because you can't, it's hard to get your eyes on, you know, for these, uh, for these college teams, it's hard to get your eyes on every single person and every single crack and crevice of the country. But at the same time, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot to be said about how, uh, you know, the rankings and stuff like that are run because really you're talking about, um, especially out of high school, you're talking about all of these kids being uh, underdeveloped kids. Like no one's very, no one's the, the final product of themselves coming out of high school. So we got kids who are, um, at the same time, you have kids who are four or five stars who are the man in high school, and then they turn out being the man in college, and then there's a man in, you know, the NFL. That does happen all the time. But then on the flip side, you have those kids that were, you know, under up, underdeveloped, you know, in high school, and they're still kind of working out the kinks. They're still going through growth spurts. They're still, you know, you know, physically and mentally developing, and, you know, they hit their stride, you know, end up going to a college, some guys go to the JUCO route and then transfer into, you know, a D1 program or a D2 or D3 program. And then, you know, all of a sudden, like these guys are at the NFL combine and these guys are like getting drafted, you know, and, you know, at the NFL draft. And you're like, right. where did these guys come from? It's like, hey, he's been there the whole time. He just wasn't, you know, a four or five star recruit that was highly recruited by everybody. So right. it's, a, it's, it's, it's really tricky, man. Um, and, you know, trying and, to, you got, I, I would say as a player, you got to keep your head down. And and tell me about, so your college, so now let's say senior, senior year of college, you, you kind of come down, you know, you, your season's over. Like, did you know you were going to be drafted? Did you know you would at least get a look by NFL teams? Like, at what point was it, like, clear that, like, you got word or I don't know how it works. If they contact you, you know, I think I, I read that the Lions traded a pick, a couple picks, like one pick plus another later pick to trade up to get you to have a chance to draft you. So like, I, you know, how does that work? Were you, were you, were you contacted or is that allowed? Or like, did you just know that you were, you were, you were regarded high enough in your position where you were going to get a, a likely a nod for the NFL draft? Right. Um, yeah. So coming, once you declare, um, once you come out of college, no matter if you're a junior or a senior, uh, you know, they kind of have these, uh, you know, they have this, I guess, algorithm, right, of, of, of ranking, uh, you know, athletes coming out of college. And you kind of have a broad, uh, before um, the draft, you have a broad spectrum of, okay, um, I could either go, you know, third round to sixth round. It's, it's, it's pretty broad, to be honest, when you first uh, come out of college. So, like, my, my, uh, my range was like, I think from either third to like fifth round, right? I got a third to fifth grade. Some guys get first round grades. Like there's obvious people who are obviously going first round and, you know, they get those grades or whatnot. There's undrafted grades where people, you know, say, hey, most likely going to be, you know, undrafted here. Um, but, you know, that being said, mine was a third to fifth round grade. And that was in, that was before you know having gone to a senior bowl, which is just um, which is just like another bowl game. It's a it's a week where you're just uh, it's in Mobile, Alabama, and it's kids from all schools from around the country, and you know uh, you know NFL teams and scouts are all there, and they're just evaluating kids' practice and play, 
you know, in one game, um, you know, for that week. So that, that, that was a chance for me to be evaluated as well. Um, the NFL Combine um, is, a, is, a, is a, obviously a great way to be evaluated on, you know, height, weight, size, strength, speed, you know, agility, the whole nine. And so just kind of chipping away at those things throughout my, uh, throughout the offseason process, throughout my NFL draft process, you know, are some of the key factors that contributed, um, you know, and also meeting with these, with these teams, um, doing, uh, you know, having meetings with them, having meetings with uh, the GMs, having meetings with the coaches, the scouts, um, you know, from everybody from the top down um, is one of the things that contributed to, you know, me being blessed enough to be drafted. Uh, and, you know, in the third round. And, and when you, when, so when, when draft day comes, you know, are you at home? Are you with friends, family? Like, are you, cause you expect to be, you get drafted, right? Cause you are, you were put in the third to fifth round likely spot. So what was your draft day like? <laughs> so stressful, bro. <laughs> I'm not even gonna, it's the most, you can't even, you can't, like no one can prepare you for it. Right. Is what, is what I learned. Uh, because, you know, I had all, you know, a couple of uh, my boys, right, who texted me on draft day and were telling me, like, hey, man, like, like, you're going to be fine. Just, you know, do something to distract yourself because, because you know, they make the draft, you know, at seven, it starts at 7 p.m. and it goes all the way until like 10 p.m., right? So all day, like, you wait. Of course, that day I woke up at like 6.30 wired. Like, I'm up. Like, <laughs> had nothing to do that day, but I was up first thing in the morning, restless, couldn't sleep. I'm just like, man, like, because you're just wondering. You never know. You don't know. In, in, a, in a snap of a finger, you're going to be in some city, maybe that you have or haven't been to, right, around people that you may or may not have, you know, met before, you know, just trying to compete, right, on the next level, trying to, you know, make a name for yourself. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, kind of built-in anxiety, and there's really no way to prepare for it. I was in Atlanta. Um, at the time, I had never, it's crazy because I had only been to the Georgia Aquarium like, like once, right? Going to, I, I like went to the aquarium and like walked, walked around every like exhibit in the Georgia Aquarium um, that day to try to like burn time. And even that wasn't enough. Like I did a whole bunch of, you know, chores around the house, like, you know, things like that. And, you know, by the time, you know, the draft, draft came, um, you know, there's what five, ten minutes, you know, between each pick that every team is on the clock, and you know, you're just waiting and waiting, and you're seeing guys who, uh, you know, you're seeing some of your colleagues who play the same position. You're seeing them get drafted. You're like, all right, okay, here we go. And you start making assumptions, and you start, you know, wondering this or that. So, uh, but at the same time, man, it was it, it was dope. It was dope because there's I'm, no better feeling I'm, when you when you're. I'm looking right gone. here at the third round draft. So like literally, so you're there and you're sweating it basically live, right? You're seeing stuff. Who's drafted? It's in real time. Right. Are you speaking at this point? Like, was there because the Lions apparently traded up right to get you uh, in this mm -hmm. spot? I think they had the 82nd or 88th pick as well. Plus right. they gave a fourth round. So like, were you aware at any point here? Like you're watching it, you see it, so you're like, all right, the 14th pick, the third round, and you're like, oh, the Rams are up, like. I might go there. I mean, he's got a cornerback, right? For a CB cornerback from Michigan. Uh, right. Actually, you know, I grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, Michigan fan. So like, are you like, wow, like I, this could be me because I mean, look how close that is in safety versus cornerback. I mean, are you pretty aware on what positions are needed on what team, like how in tune are you to where you may actually go? Or did you know you were at this point going to go to the lions probably? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy because um, uh, for the most 
for the most uh, for the most part, you're kind of aware of what uh, a general kind of you know feeling of what every team needs. But at the same time, that can change up so fast. And what's crazy about the draft is that it only takes you know one of those picks in the first and second round to be uh, a pick that no one thought would happen, or you know to kind of set the whole flow of the draft. Like if like if cornerbacks. For some reason, if cornerbacks are being drafted now, like in a row, and cornerbacks are going to keep coming off the board, kind of because it's like, all right, well, corner like there's less and less cornerbacks available. You know, a team might be saying, let's get a, let's we got to go get a cornerback here instead of what we originally thought. And I'm not, you know, I'm not in the front office. I'm not a, I'm not a GM. I can only speculate, but this is, right. you know, that's kind of the trend of. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it could even be something like on a on a team, a guy who's a veteran decides not to, to return, right? All of a sudden, like the guy right. in the weeks prior, day of, or who knows, it says like, look, I'm not there. Now you got a guy who's got a starting spot is out of the league all of a sudden, you know, in year whatever. I mean, it even happens with like Andrew Luck or, you know, Chad Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. Guys that are like, you kind of, they got more to give and they just, they're gone. So like, yeah, something like that could could fluctuate. So you, you're rooting right. for safeties to oh, come off the board, sure. right? That's just, you're like seeing for like, sure. please, like guys like, like, oh, wow, we're ahead of schedule almost, right? Like, oh, there's now you know you're pretty much next. I mean, how if, if they rank you, I think they it was like seventh, if I'm not mistaken, that's like where you kind of came in at, obviously depending on what a team's looking for or what they're, what they're, how they rate it. But like, was it pretty apparent you were next up? Like, or did you jump someone who was supposed to be, or was it pretty in line with sort of how it, the, it, it was supposed to shake out in your mind for that? For right, that- I mean, it- Right. In my opinion, I think it was pretty uh, in line just because of the information that I was getting uh, from my agent at the time. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, right before the pick, uh, you know, right before the pick, they'll call you, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll call you the phone will ring and they'll let you know, hey, you know, we're going to take you with this pick. You know, you talk to the front office, the you know, the owner, uh, the coach um, and, you know, everybody, you know, in that war room. And, um, you know, once you hang up the phone, you know, you kind of. Uh, that's when you see like the the televised like you know a lot of those guys you know already know that they're about to get picked um so yeah and that's when that that moment comes so they, so they call you when it's like so like number 80 comes off the board cleveland browns now there's a certain amount of time and they call you right then or they call you a bit before right. literally like as the picks up right 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 so when the pick you know when the uh you know as they're on the clock you know you'll get a phone call and be like and you know at least in my situation i'll be like hey like we're gonna take you uh, with this next pick and then you know when and then you'll see uh you know on the broadcast that the pick is in and you know they'll have someone come up and announce uh you know the Detroit Lions with uh what 81st you know overall pick in the draft for like to select Will Harris and you know I had to wake up the next morning and check my text on Twitter and make sure it was still real the next day but um yeah dope and, experience and, and when you get drafted now uh, and, and also like how big, a, like, so let's say at 79, the Rams take a cornerback and at 83, the Steelers took a cornerback. Like, is that something where you thought, okay, you see the depth chart or you think maybe one of these teams like going into the day or as it gets to the third round or, or say, you know, that that's the position they may be going for. Like, is that, is, is, is how big a difference is a cornerback to a safety in the draft? Cause you can kind of move it around similar type position or is just completely different. Like the Rams weren't going to take you there or the Steelers would not take you there or is that pot like how does that work how how different is that position 
Right. I think, you know, especially when thinking about the draft, every position is completely uh, is completely different. I think that once you start to uh, once you start to whenever you get to where you've been drafted and once they start looking at, you know, the team and seeing, you know, guys skill sets is when they can say, like, OK, well, this guy's skill set is this. He's more of a, you know, cover safety who can do X, Y and Z as opposed to a more zone scheme guy who's, you know, good and you know run support and can do x y and z you know um but in the draft it's literally it's, it's broken down by um specific uh you know positions and what the team needs in that round at that time and what they think is the best uh, you know pick for their you know for that round so. right so i'm just i'm just looking here i mean in terms of so in terms of safeties so look in the third round we got de wide receiver wide receiver you know we're getting down the list here there's been no running back, tight end, wide receiver, DEG. So you're the you know, cornerback line. So there's literally, there wasn't, a, I guess there were several safeties in the first and second round, but there was not a, looks like not another safety taken in this round. Right. Even. Um, or is that, so that's kind of crazy. I mean, that, that was, uh, you know, that's, that's interesting. Like all the other positions, multiple um, taken. And, and let's be honest here. Like, listen, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. I am. I, I have basically three teams. I grew up in Detroit. It was a tough, mm-hmm. fun, you know, Barry Sanders, Herman Moore, Scott Mitchell, that mm-hmm. whole era. They, they had some good, you know, good games. And, you know, Barry was fun to watch. And I was a kid. And, and they were kind of like in and out of like first round playoff team or, you know, round 500. Been a tough stretch in general. But, you know, also I lived in Baltimore. I'm a Ravens fan. I now live in Miami mostly. And I'm not, so those are like the three teams I support. I like, I have some, some affiliation to that, that I, that I, that I want to root for, you know, for you, you grew up in Georgia, you played at, at Boston college. Was, was it like in your mind? I mean, obviously you're there now and you've been a part of the, the Lions organization, but what was in, in your, in a dream world would have been to play where you grew up or is that maybe too close to home? What was sort of your, overall picture on like what you were thinking and what, cause it could go a lot of ways. These are a lot of different cities, right. big cities, small <laughs> markets, big markets. You got friends on some teams, maybe some coaching staff. I think you have a, the, at the lions, right. There was a, a, a defensive um, personnel that was there when you were involved mm-hmm. in college. So that's gotta be nice to a familiar face and know each other. I believe that's at least some, that's what I understood or understand. Yeah. So, you know, tell me a little bit about that. What, what's going through your mind. You're just like, <laughs> I want to get in the show put me in, get me to the league. I don't care. Or was it, were you kind of looking for certain teams? I mean, I got to imagine everyone has rooting interest for whatever. There's a lot yeah. of different factors. What, what about you? What was important? And, um, you know, tell me about that. Right. Um, you know, so I kind of, you know, took the approach of uh, looking at it kind of the same way I looked at, uh, you know, my recruitment out of high school. You know, I just wanted to go somewhere that, um, you know, I was valued in and, you know, go somewhere that, you know, they would see, you know, my value and what I brought to the table and would try to utilize me, uh, you know, in any way that, you know, they could so that I could try to help bring, you know, the team success. And, um, you know, to be honest, and that's where the, the anxiety comes from is because you're thinking about it, you know, like, okay, well, I know I talked to, you know, this team, this team, and this team, uh, you know, in meetings or, you know, before, you know, the combine. And I know I sat down with, you know, this GM or this team president or this head coach or this, you know, NFL scout from, you know, all these different teams. And you're trying to figure out like, you know, okay, yeah, that, you know, the conversation with them went well, you know, I got a certain feeling from, uh, you know, going there and, uh, you know, meeting with them. And, you know, at the same time, uh, before the draft, you know, you have, 
uh, a couple uh, official, you know, visits. They're kind of like, you know, college visits, but you go there and, uh, you know, it's a good chance for you to sit down and, um, you know, talk to, uh, you know, the coaches, you know, front office, you know, see the lay of the land over there kind of and, and get the feel for, you know, how they, how they feel about you and how they view you in a draft. And, you know, a lot of times you can get a certain, you know, gauge for, okay, I can see them drafting, right? So, uh, but at the end of the day, you can do all of that. It's crazy, man. This, the NFL draft is crazy. You can do all of that and kind of have, um, and kind of have a certain, you know, a list of teams kind of on your radar. Like, okay, they kept wanting to talk to me. This team kept, you know, contacting me. This team wanted to see me again for another workout. Like, it could be one of those teams. And then a team completely out of the blue takes you. And you're like, oh, okay, like, like that's nice. I, you know, I didn't see that coming, but I'm excited. You know right. what I mean? And, and was – so – and then explain a little further because I am a football fan, but I'm not, you know, I don't understand the whole process. So once you're drafted, is that like you're moving to Detroit or no? Do you just go like get an Airbnb or a hotel? You go there for training camp, see if you get picked up because so is it essentially if they draft you, they have the right. But let's say you didn't make the Lions team. Like, is would it have been a likelihood another team was like you kind of had you knew where you might go look at after or once the rosters and training camps over, that's it for the season. How, how does that work? Like, you're not guaranteed a spot, right? You could be drafted the second round, third round, you know, fourth round, fifth round. Look at Brady was the last pick, right, in the sixth round, I believe. And, you know, I mean, obviously that's gone pretty well. But, like, it's – it's. Uh, I guess I'm trying to understand, like, what – so now you're drafted. There's no guarantee or is there some sort of guarantee being drafted or some kind of bonus or signing? How does that work? Uh, right. So, you know, I don't want to say that anything is, you know, guaranteed. Um, but I will say is there's definitely – you know, a trend in the league of kind of, you know, picks, you know, in rounds one through five for sure are, you know, usually, you know, there for the first year at least, um, you know, because there's, uh, you know, there's things in guys' contract, there's, yeah. uh, there's signing bonuses, there's, you know, a portion, uh, a percentage of guaranteed money in there. So uh, there's things that, you know, in each guy's, you know, individual I guess, situation, you know, rounds one through five, respectively, that, um, you know, that's the take into consideration. Um, obviously, uh, any round, you know, if a team uh, drafts you, they're obviously showing uh, very much interest, you know, a lot of interest in you and a lot of, uh, you know, they're putting value in your in your play and your position, you know, on that team. So um, I'd have to say it's different kind of for everybody. Um, you just got to go in and and, you know, try your very best and, you know, kind of just do what you've been doing and everything's going to be new. The scheme is going to be new. The, the lingo is going to be new. Uh, so it's really about who can, you know, kind of get in, who can adapt uh, the best and who can take the coaching and take the, uh, I guess the, the chalk talk from the classroom and who can apply that on the field the best and, 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 and it'll go and it'll, it'll kind of go from there. Makes sense. And so you actually, I think you, so you, you got officially offered though a contract. Like, so that when does the training, the training camp is from when to when, and, and this was what, 2019 you're drafted in what month? Is it, uh, it's early in the year or is it, when is it? Uh, yeah. So the draft was in late April. Um, I for and then, uh, you first go to uh, rookie, uh, OTAs. It's just with the, just with the rookie. They're kind of like these, you know, you get there, you meet the other rookies, you, 
you know, go to a whole bunch of, you know, meetings that, that pretty much, they're like intro meetings, right? So like when you go to college and you take all your intro to dot, dot, dot classes, right? Um, it's like, this is how to, um, you know, it's kind of, you know, they'll break it down to the bare uh, minimum of, of the playbook, of expectations, you know, how they expect, uh, things that they expect from you uh, will be very clearly uh, put out there. Um, you know, right. And, makes and, makes yeah. sense. And how, how then, so like, so what, when did you arrive to Detroit? Cause I see you signed June 4th, 2019, uh, a contract, you, you signed a, a four-year deal and, and that's, mm-hmm. that sounds pretty nice. Right. Cause you get guaranteed like four years. That's a good, I think the average NFL uh, lifespan is like th- three years or two, two and a half or something. I forget. You, you could right. probably tell me, is that, is it three or, or do you know? Uh, it's like three, I, I'd say it's like three or four years. So, so you get it. So that, I mean, what was that like? Was that when you got that contract? I mean, were you, that, that's got to feel pretty cool to, to like work your whole life, play, play, play college, do the combine. It's still not over. You still got to get the, until the deal is a deal. Right. Like, what, what was that experience like? Um, no, it was, um, you know, it was dope, especially, you know, I never, uh, I never came from uh, money or, uh, you know, anything like that. But at the same time, I had, I had already, um, contact with a financial advisor. I had already hired one at the same time. So it's like they give you, um, you know, you, you know, you get a signing bonus in the summer and then every rookie plays under the same, essentially the same salary their first year. So no matter if you were the first overall pick or if you were the last overall pick, I mean, the, yeah, the last overall pick in the draft, your salary, you know, will be the same. It's the signing bonus that will be different, uh, you know, up front. So, you get that, you know, in the summer, and then that gives you, you know, extra a little bit of extra, you know, incentive. Because a lot of times, you know, this is this is money that guys have, you know, never, you know, seen before. And with that comes a lot of responsibility as well. It comes a lot of, you know, expectations. I mean, here, you know, the NFL is yes, it is about, you know, there's a lot of money in it, but at the same time, uh, there's a lot of expectations, uh, you know, with that as well, um, and that goes for. Uh, how they expect you to, you know, hold your, you know, present yourself, how they expect you to represent the team, how they expect you, you know, to play on the field. And so all of those things, you know, you have to be very professional and serious about. And and tell me about the relationship with Tracy Walker, because he's, you know, roughly the same age, I think a year before, he's almost drafted the same, same round, 82nd pick. And he's, you know, the safety as well. Like he's from Georgia, uh, I think too. So, did you know him growing up, or did you guys? Did, were you friendly? Do you do? How was that relationship like to be? Because you two, how many safeties on the team are there? Two, right, or three? There's a. Uh, uh, we have about four or five safeties uh, on, on on the team. Uh, Tracy, I did I didn't know Tracy. Uh, Tracy is from Georgia, right? But I'm from you know I'm from the Atlanta area. Tracy Walker is all the like if you if you go to Jacksonville and just go up until the point that you hit Georgia, which where Florida and Georgia meet on that East Coast region. That's where uh, he's from Brunswick, Georgia. And so we jo- I joke about it all the time. I'm like, bro, you're not from Georgia. You're, not, you're, not. you're, you're out there on the island somewhere. But, uh, <laughs> no, he's a, he, he's a great dude, man, and he's a great player. And uh, it, was, it, was benefici- it was a beneficiary for me uh, to, kind of, uh, to kind of, I guess, shadow him in my first year, right? 
and to kind of ask him, hey, uh, because you were, you know, you came out in the third round, you were drafted kind of the same area that I was in, same position that I was in. What were some of the things that you experienced in your first year? What are some of the things that I can kind of take from you and learn from you? Some of the things that you wish you would have done differently uh, this time last year, right? So, I mean, and ever since then, man, we've just been, like I went, my rookie year, man, I went over his house like every day for like two months straight, right? And so we used to just watch, we used to watch film together. Um, we just kick it, you know, talk about, you know, college days together, you know, kind of that bonding that, uh, that initial bonding that, you know, I think that every locker room needs, you know, you got to meet, you got to, you got to chill, you got to vibe outside of the locker room, man, to really be tight. You know what I mean? Like you spend so much time with somebody um, in a professional setting that, some, you know, you need that, you know, time outside of the building to really get it. That's something that you know, we've been developing over years, and you know, like I said, he's a great player, man, and um, it's been a it's, it's been a pleasure to play, uh, you know, next to him. So, yeah, that's awesome. And and what about you know, you compete against Tavon Wilson, Charles Washington, Andrew Adams, um, and and you're you're competing. What's it like competing for a spot when you you know you know there's a lot on the line. You got you got bonuses, contracts. You know your life, basically where you're going to be for the next several years. And it's a, it's a, how how is that to like be there, be friendly, but also know that you're competing for for this role. What's that like, kind of dynamic, like with other guys there? Right. Um, you know, as a rookie, you know, coming in, it was very it was very new. Uh, you know, to kind of be, you know, it was a new form of competition. But at the same time, I've been competing, you know, my whole you know my whole football career. Uh, you know, and that's just the name of the game. You know, in the NFL, is a constant competition. Not only are you competing with the guys on the roster, but you're competing with guys who you can't see, right? Guys on other teams who are being evaluated. Guys, you know, coming out of college who are being evaluated every year. There's a new, you know, batch of, uh, of guys coming out of college who made a lot of plays in college, right? Who you're competing against and you're just trying to put your best foot forward, right, in all aspects uh, of your game and just trying to improve on your game and show uh, the team that you're playing for, hey, um, this is, you know, my value to the team. This is what I can do on a consistent basis for this team. I love being here. I love playing here. And, uh, you know, with that being said, uh, you embrace uh, the competition. If you're a true competitor uh, and a good teammate, you'll embrace that, right? And just know that, hey, everyone's competing. So there's no point there, There's no point of me uh, worrying about, you know, how, I wonder how they feel about, you know, such and such person. There's no point in that because we're all number one. You can't control it. Number two, uh, if you're a true competitor, you're gonna you're gonna lace them up every play, right? And every time you hit the field, it's like, hey, I'm I'm, I'm giving my best every time I come out here. So they're you know, so that way I could sleep well at night knowing that hey, you know, I left it all out, um, you know, on the field, and uh, at the end of the day, you know, the chips will fall where they may. Uh, so, but all that being said, I was able to uh, create. Um, great bonds and, and great relationships. And I learned a lot, most importantly, from, from all of those guys. Tavon was an older player at the time. I learned a, a lot from him, just football IQ. He was able to show me uh, Very cool. a lot from and Quandre Diggs when he was here. Same thing. I, you, you, I like the reference where the chips may fall, man. I hear some poker references. I got to ask <laughs> you, any poker experience at all? Have you, have you ever played? Do you play any forms of games? Like, you know, I know it's common – when on the plane or, or around guys at hotel, people like to, you know, generally there's some 
different types of games, not necessarily poker, but do you, do you have any background in poker or experience? Right. Um, so I don't know how to play poker. I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, I do play a lot of blackjack. Um, and I've been slowly trying to see the thing is consistently, right? I don't, and maybe this is, you know, this is a good or a bad thing. I don't know, but it's consistently being able to, you know, get to a table and play, right? It's like, I don't, I'm not there enough. So I have my kind of, my personal set of rules and blackjack that I think that, you know, have been good to me. And I'll, and if, you know, in a certain hand, if they're not good to me, Hey, I stuck by my, by my standards things that I, I usually do. So I don't know. It's crazy. It's, it, it's funny because yeah, I don't have any uh, background in poker. I love blackjack um, has, you know, I've learned a lot over the years just from playing uh, blackjack um, in a number of different, you know, number of different places. Usually it's on vacation, but I'd, I'd love to, uh, you know, learn more, especially, you know, blackjack can't always be my only game, you know? So I yeah, for sure. Well, I'd love to, I'm happy to show you some stuff. I know we're in the same area, different parts of the times of the year. So happy to show you. I know Waxman also very competent, great teacher as well. I know, you know, have met him and uh, maybe, you know, he'd, he'd be, I'm sure he'd be happy to share some tricks. He's a great player. Um, but yeah, very cool. Okay. Well, yeah, I like the chip references. That's good. We'll keep coming. <laughs> uh, let's take a look real quick at the the roster here. So you get named to the to the Detroit Lions roster. What what is your first thoughts on? Uh, I guess well, a, cu- a couple of questions. But in Detroit, so like, what did you know about Detroit? Had you ever been there? Did you have any any understanding? Because like, I grew up there in Ann Arbor. Um, not far, but Detroit is like really blossomed. Like truthfully, like I, I think Detroit gets a bad rap, like in general, the city just from, from a, you know, there's been a lot of cleanup, Dan Gilbert, what's been done there. You know, it's, it's, there's some great restaurants. It's downtown. Downtown is like actually super nice, but what was your impression when you first got drafted and how much did you know about the city? Uh, right. So I had only been to Detroit one other time. Uh, we actually played a bowl game my sophomore year there. Uh, I think it was the I can't remember what company uh, sponsored it, but it was the Quick Lane. It was the Quick Lane Bowl uh, in Detroit, and uh, we played Maryland in that game. We won that game. That was the only time we stayed in Greek Town in downtown. Uh, I forgot what hotel. I think we stayed at the Greek Town Casino like hotel area. Mm-hmm. Uh, we stayed there, man, and that was my only other uh, experience. You know, kind of being in. Detroit and it was you know it was a bowl game it was in the winter not many people were you know outside didn't really get the full feel of what it was but having been drafted there uh, when I got there it was you know the summer so you know you go downtown man and it's it was it was beautiful I mean I can never uh, I, I had never been uh, to the Midwest really before and uh, you know with that being said I didn't know what to expect uh, my second time around in Detroit um, but it was beautiful, man. There was like so many different like vibes, like little little restaurants, little bars here and there that you could just go catch a vibe. Like uh, you know, rooftop, like endless rooftop, you know, patios and you know bars, restaurants that you can go to. You know, bring the friends out, bring the family out. Uh, you know, and, and it's gorgeous down there. I think that um, you know Detroit doesn't get enough uh, you know credit in that aspect. But one thing that um, I did. Uh, learned very quickly is that uh, the, the Detroit Lions as a franchise, man, are a direct reflection um, of its fans, right, and of its uh, uh, of the of its community, and which is a beautiful thing. I mean, Detroit's a very over the years has been a very hardworking, very gritty 
city. Um, and there is, it's made up of a whole bunch of people that just put their head down and go to work and they love their, you know, sports there. They love, you know, they love the Lions and, uh, you know, regardless of, you know, how, you know, they've been in the past, they love their Lions, they love their Tiger, you know, love the Pistons and, you know, you know, the Red Wings. It's like, it's, it's a beautiful thing because the, their fan, the fan base there has never shown any, you know, signs of, you know, quit. And that's a direct reflection on the city. And that's, you know, that's beautiful in itself to be a part of something like that and to be uh, that, that culture, that, that Detroit, you know, culture, that, that tough culture, you know, uh, is, is very much prevalent in the locker room too. So it's, I think that's sick. It's, it's true. And I, I mean, it's, it's interesting because like the lions, I feel like they have, yeah. I mean, obviously they've had some tough, tough uh, recent years, but also like looking at this last year, man, I mean, I, I followed along, um, you know, I, I was checking in as much as I could and I, and I try to watch games and stuff, but you can just see even from the start, even the preseason, like the games were, the games were close, man. I mean, it's gotta be, that's gotta right. be an emotional. I remember the coach breaking down and, and crying, but there were a lot of two point games, you know, two point game here. You see, you know, t- within a touchdown, maybe one got a tie with the Steelers, you know, lose by a field goal to the Browns, two points to the bears, two points to the Vikings, uh, I mean, there and then get a win versus the, the Packers at the end. Obviously, they were, you know, they, they had clinched, but you know, still like beating a tough right. team. So, I mean, you you look at the record and you're like, oh, it's pretty not an amazing season, but also it could easily have gone a few different ways. I mean, there's some really, it's like not like it's like getting routed in games. So, like, tell me about what that was like to first of all, the mentality. I mean, it's got to be difficult, right? And this, you lose one early, two, a couple close ones, it's frustrating, but as it goes and it kind of becomes a theme. What was what was sort of like the overall morale and thought process and in, in, in there and how hard was that to lose some of these these close games consistently? Right, I mean it was tough. Uh, it was tough. Just you know, as as competitors, man, you want to you know you work hard all week and you want to you know leave it all out there um, on a Sunday and you want to come out with those wins, man. It's it's so hard to win, um, no matter who you are. It's so hard to win in the league, and uh, you know they're all very precious. So at the same time. Uh, you know, you want to come out with those wins, but at the same time, they were they were great learning uh, learning opportunities for us. Just knowing how delicate, um, just knowing how delicate every single situation and every single um, drive. Uh, and to be honest, like it's the little things. It's always the little things, right? So you look back on it and you're like, okay, like this, you know, one drive in the and, you know, right in the middle of the third quarter, you know, we could have, you know, came out with that win here or, uh, you know, it could have been, you know, the last drive. What could, what could we have done differently to get off the field on, on third or fourth down here? And I think when there is that communication and that amount of honesty and transparency within the team, you know, that we have, it forces every, uh, every individual to kind of look back on himself and be like, uh, you know, what could I have done uh, to help us come out on top in that game? And if and you got a whole locker room of people doing that, that's that, that that's amazing, man. Especially in a in an age of, you know, in the world of, you know, where everyone wants to, you know, kind of run away from uh, run away from responsibility, run away from blame and to have a front office and a coach to be like, hey, you know, this is on me. You know, I, you know, I take the full brunt of this of why we didn't come out on top. 
Um, you know, that being a Dan Campbell, man, he's the, he's the man. He'll come out and be the first one to say, hey, it's on me. And to be able to have that and then follow it up by having, you know, every player to a man in the locker room saying like, hey, like, like damn, man, I could have done this. And it's like, no, nah, man, well, I could have done this, like, better. And so everyone, uh, you know, to a man is going back and, evalu- and evaluating himself and saying, like, hey, like, uh, you know, this is what I could have done better. And so as the season progresses, as we started to play better and better um, and gel uh, even better and better together as a team, uh, you know, that was apparent, uh, you know, towards the middle and towards the end of the season when we were able to come out on top, you know, of some of those games. So I think that... Uh, you know, at the same time, you know, on the one hand, uh, you want to come out with those wins, especially earlier in the year. You want to come out with some momentum at the same time um, that, you know, coming out on the other end of some of those games allowed us to learn uh, tremendously uh, from those. Yeah, I, I bet. And, and tell me, my dad actually, so he's, he's you know, again, been worked for Ford 30, 30 plus years, retired. He's, you know, he loves Michigan sports as a whole. The Lions has been frustrating for him because, you know, for so many years and just hasn't seemed to quite click, but he does kind of feel a, like a revived, renewed energy. He, even his question is, you know, a lot of people are, his, this is what he writes, a lot of people are skeptical of the Detroit Lions because their history of uh, futility. What do you tell people when they say this? What is it like playing under the new regime with Dan Campbell as head coach? He seems like he's different. That's what my, my dad says. So what, what is that new mentality? Do you feel like, do you feel a shift? You kind of you kind of alluded to it already. People are taking ownership. People want to win. I mean, if we look again at the schedule here down the stretch, kind of after uh, you know the game here, we tie with the Steelers. You lose a close one, could have gone your way. Lose two there. I mean, it's like you're right there. Then you you get a win, one game, whatever out of hand. Then you you actually blow out the Cardinals, who are one of the best teams in the league this year. Uh, close game against Falcons, and then you you win against the Packers. So like it seems like almost kind of around this stretch here, there was like the last call it two, four, six, eight, the last half of the season, almost, it seems like things were starting to click and you were getting right there. Is that, you know, is it, does it, do you feel momentum for next year? Are people excited? Uh, I don't know. Dan's did he, does he have a contract or renewed? Like, is he, is he the head coach? Is that solidified? Like uh, how much certainty is there for next year and how much are you kind of like up in the air about? Right. Um, you know, I'll tell you this and one thing's for certain. And, uh, you know, I say this with, you know, the utmost confidence is that, you know, the players here, you know, everyone here, uh, you know, the players want to be here. The players want to play for Coach Campbell, man. And, uh, and you know, this whole organization and this whole front office, man. And that's something that, um, you know, you know, we got, a, we got a locker room of a whole bunch of unselfish guys who are willing to put in the work and, uh, you know, really to, are ready to uh, keep their head down, you know, just put their head down and keep grinding, just keep chipping away. And I think that, you know, like you said, that was apparent, you know, in the second half of the season when we really started to click. And uh, we're definitely taking that momentum, you know, right into the off season and, you know, trying to carry it right into next year. And so that we could just pick up, you know, right where we left off, but even better, um, you know, in all aspects. Uh, so, you know, with that being said, you know, everybody uh, to a man is, is, um, is, is super exciting, man, about next year. And I know um, that, you know, one of the kind of, one of the most common, I guess, comebacks or, uh, you know, that you could hear from someone, from a Detroit fan or someone who's been in Detroit for a long time or been a Detroit Lions fan for a long time is, you know, kind of we've heard this before, right? And that's kind of been a narrative around Detroit for a long time. Um, I don't know how, you know, much I could, uh, I don't know, 
you know, how to kind of articulate, uh, you know, the fact that this will be different, but just knowing that, um, you know, a true Detroit Lions fan, someone that, you know, that's really rocking with us, which most, you know, which all of the fans are, man, are, uh, you know, there's a feeling, uh, especially if you, you know, come to the games, especially if you are able to tune into the games, there's a feeling that you get uh, from this coaching staff, from, you know, the guys on this team that, you know, we're about to turn this thing around. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be super fun, man, because Detroit, Detroit has some of the best fans in the whole world. And, you know, that's with, you know, some of the shortcomings that, you know, we've had over the years. So, you know, just imagine when things start to, uh, you know, when things, you know, start to really click for us and start to go in our direction. Um, because like, you know, Coach Campbell says all the time, man, we're in, you know, we're in, we're in, uh, you know, we're in cold, you know, uncharted territories right now, but we're going to somewhere better. We're going to somewhere way better. And uh, it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be dope when it happens. It, it, it's gotta, it's gotta be interesting and, and also kind of nice refreshing that he played in the NFL. So he actually is coaching, but he has the experience. He played actually, you know, for a while, he was also almost the exact same pick as you third round 79th pick um, when he played, I don't know, you know, he actually, and he played for the lions for a couple of years too in his career. So, you know, that's uh, yeah, it sounds, it seems like, I don't know much about him. I've watched some of the, the pre- post game interviews and I, and I hear a little bit and I, my friends, I got a lot of friends who are in, you know, I grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan that are there and he seems to have a good reputation. Like people seem to like believe in what he's doing. He seems very passionate, humble, and just seems like, you know, it feels like they have a good coach there. And that's not always been the case from what I understand, like a lot of complaints or different things. And again, I'm not in this the industry, so I can't say, but it does seem like he's doing the right things and the people are happy he's there. So that's gotta be nice. Cause that's a sweat. There are, listen, some coaches, I'm sure even at the highest level, they're not enjoyable to play for, or you just don't mesh with or don't like. So that's gotta be really refreshing to uh, tick those boxes and that you're, you're happy to be there. Right. I mean, that, that's, that's nice. So, um, yeah, looking forward the schedule, man. What 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 excites you about next year? I guess the the date it's already out. I mean, are you eyeing this up? Is film when does film start? Do you get to unwind a little bit? Like, what, when are you back reporting for duty? And and what are you doing in your off season? Um. So yeah, we don't know uh, right now. Uh, the players don't know uh, when we have to report. Usually, there's a there's a you know time a phase uh, kind of in the spring to where guys usually report to their respective teams. Um, we don't know how that's going to go between, you know, that's something that that's a schedule that the NFL and, you know, the NFLPA have to, you know, kind of sort out as far as a, a, um, a solid concrete, you know, meeting time, uh, you know, for the spring. Uh, but yeah, man, looking at the, uh, looking up and down the schedule, man, I'm, it's, there, there's a lot of, uh, you know, teams on there that, that I personally haven't played yet. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, new opportunities um, against some, you know, really good teams on there, you know, as well for us to show, uh, you know, for us to kick off next year with a bang. So, you know, I'm excited. And, and obviously playing in the NFC North, man, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a blue and black, you know, bruiser division, right? You gotta, you got you gotta be on your A game, you know, in that division, in, in any division, but especially, you know, the NFC North, man, you got Green Bay in there, you got Minnesota, you got Chicago, all, all teams who are, you know, gonna play, you know, gonna play hard. You know, frankly, every every game. So um, yeah, and, that, and that'll be fun. It's actually kind of a wild schedule where you have uh, like it seems like big stretches at home, right? You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games in a row at home. Is that even right, or is that? I mean, is that could these uh, games- the, yeah? So the the um, 
So the dates, uh, the, the dates right now are, are, are to be determined. Um, ah, okay. You know, I guess they they flex out, you know, some of the games and some of the dates and some ah, of the okay. time. So, I, yeah, I think it's just showing the home versus uh, away ones. I think the okay. most that you'll ever have at home or away, I think, would be like three that any okay. team will ever have. I was gonna say, yeah, that doesn't seem there. normal. Although it's just kind of weird. <laughs> it's like. It is. It's not. It's not all in a row or not. It's like two, then seven, then, yeah. then a handful, and then some. But yeah, fair enough. So yeah, it looks like you know, interesting, good schedule. Nice. Uh, it, it's a nice mix, like you said. Some some legendary, the big names, and then also some. It's like a reasonable schedule. Exciting. And have you for you? What's give me a little preparation? Game day versus away. How how big a difference is that? And 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 your you know, is it is it. Is it really that much nicer to be at home or is it kind of fun to go on the road at this point? Cause it's sort of new, new stadiums, you know, playing and, and doing that. Or, or do you just like, is it like, oh man, I want to be in my home and routine and, 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 and play at home. Well, what do you like more? Right. Uh, so, you know, the pros and cons of playing at, you know, home versus away, obviously home, you know, on third down, man, you get, you know, you're in forward field, it's enclosed. So there's something about that field. So something about that stadium, man, that just like, it's deafening on third down, right? So you get, you know, that's that obviously works into the defensive favor a lot of times because a lot of times, you know, it, uh, it messes with the offensive communication at the line. You know, they got to be able to go on solid count, can't hear, you know, this and that. So, uh, yeah, you get, you know, and when we get momentum shifts, you know, you can kind of feel that at home. You get all that home field advantage, uh, you know, love. Uh, but then on the flip side, of, you know, when you're away, you kind of get that feeling of, hey, like, you know, we're traveling out here to whatever city, uncharted territory, where all we got, like, let's go into someone else's house and let's go ahead and take a win, you know, in someone else's house, you know, kind of playing the villain role, you know, which I love, uh, you know, which I love doing. That's kind of, that, that's a sweet part of playing away. And to be able just to travel, you know, to some of these places, like, like we went to Seattle. I had never been to Seattle before. It was as advertised. As far, it was cold, very cold. Uh, and it was cold. It was a cold, rainy game day uh, that day. Um, it had just finished snowing. Um, so that was, you know, as advertised out there. But uh, just little things like that, man, as a, you know, because, you know, we're players. You know, we love, you know, competing. We love being out there on the field. But at the same time, like, we're very much human, too. We love to travel. We love to see different, uh, you know, different sites and different you know, being different, uh, you know, atmospheres. So, for sure. And I, I got to ask you about the the being dra- you, you know, you make the adjustment from BC to the the Lions, from the college to pro. How would you describe that adjustment from college football to the pros? Like, was it major? Was it like crazy? Or was it sort of like, all right, like I've been doing this, you know, I'm prepared, and it's not so different. Or was it like wildly different between like even film study schedule regimen? Now it's like your whole life, but in, in BC, you got, you know, there's other stuff, there's school, there's other things kind of going on. There's unknowns. And now you're just focused, you're, you're pro you're in Detroit. And now it's, it's like, this is your, your mission. How, how, how big a difference was that? And how, how give me maybe the biggest transition that was sort of shocking or, or, or difficult. Right. Um, I'd say the biggest thing is the mental side for sure without a doubt, um, you know, is the mental side because you, you know, you come from college and the first thing you want to do, I guess, when you get on the field is, is see like, hey, like, this kid, like, is, is this other guy who's been in the league for seven, eight years, is he going to be faster than me? Is he going to be stronger than me? Like, that's usually not the case. Like, guys aren't, you know, 
the because everyone's good and everyone's very talented in their own right. So, you know, if you're fast, you know, in college, you're going to be fast, you know, in the league. Uh, if you're strong in college, you know, there's going to be stronger guys in the league. But you're, if you're just a strong guy, you're going to be a strong guy, you know, in my, you know, in my perspective. So, uh, but at the same time, the, the mental side, man, is, is, is the biggest thing uh, because, you know, in college, you know, the schemes are, you know, more, you know, more simple to pick up. Uh, a lot of times people are doing this, you know, no huddle kind of air raid, like offense. And they're very, you know, it's very up-tempo when you run an up-tempo offense, you know, it's, you know, the concepts have to get, uh, you know, more simple just, you know, so that you could run on pace and not have to think too much. You can just, you know, march down the field, which is a lot of what college is, you know, at this point. Um, but when you get to the league, man, it's like, some of these offensive coordinators and some of these head coaches, man, you know, have been doing this for a long, long time. And you got Hall of Fame players, Hall, future Hall of Fame coaches, you know, in there and everything, especially as a defensive player, every, the whole, you know, every, you feel like everyone's, you know, against you. You got the players, you got, you know, the offensive schemes, like the coordinators are doing everything they can do to try to see how they can attack you in different ways. Right. And, um, you know, especially with, you know, we got new rules, you know, about, you know, we got the, you know, targeting rules and, you know, different uh, rules like, a, like, you know, cut block, like you can't, um, you know, there was a situation in the Green Bay game where, you know, if this was last year, you know, I think that they ran like a crack toss. They just ran a toss to my side and I was out at corner and I came down, man, and and uh, the running back had a lead blocker, had a big, you know, O-lineman lead blocker. And if this was any other year, you know, I would have cut down the lineman, right? I would have, you know, shot for his legs and been able to take him out and the running back out at the same time. But, uh, you know, since that rule changed, um, you know, obviously being put in to be able to protect guys' knees, which is, you know, a smart thing to do, um, you know, I kind of had to maneuver around him. And, you know, that kind of gives him the upper hand now because he's charging at me full speed. You know, he's already got 100 pounds on me. He's knowing, like, hey, like, I don't have to worry about this guy cutting me down, right? So, you know, little things like that is, you know, things that you have to be, uh, you know, mindful of. And it's all, you know, it's all in the mental and being able to play that kind of chess game. A lot of times you're not even playing against, as good as some of these players are, a lot of times you're not even playing against just the players. You're playing against the players and their offensive coordinator and how their offensive coordinator thinks. So it's been, you know, it's, it'd be beneficial for you to know in your week of study, like, hey, these are what, not only these are what this list of players who I'm playing, um, offensive players, this is what they're good at, but also to know this is what this offensive coordinator has had a history of being, you know, good at, you know, throughout his years of coaching. This is what he's done consistently from team to team and from right. you know, different organizations that he's been in. For sure. What what is film study like in the pros? Is it different, much different than college? Like, are you are you expected to do stuff on your own, or is it really organized by coaches and group? Um, so you know, obviously, you're not going to school. Uh, you're not in college anymore. But at the same time, it's you know, it's a full day um, in the in the building. It's a full day, and 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 you do watch film uh, and you know different breakdowns with the coaches. Um, you know, at the same time, but there's there's only a certain number of hours in a day that you could be in the building uh you know so you go out and practice and you watch practice and you critique practice and 
you know, kind of clean up practice. And, uh, you know, from the time you leave the building to the next day, it's kind of, you know, on you to be a professional and to be able to go home and set, you know, set aside some time, uh, you know, to take care of your body, you know, and to also get in the film yourself and watch and watch some things that you would uh, maybe not have watched in the building, uh, some specific things. Like these are all of, you know, X, Y, and Z's receivers. You know, this is this receiver's top routes in the two-minute drill. When they got to have a touchdown, these are his routes that he usually runs to get the ball in the two-minute drill. And you got to kind of break it down uh, specifically like that throughout the week to be fully prepared uh, to play the game. So in every, you know, I compare every week to, you know, you're taking a final exam every single week. Um, and if I, I think if you're not approaching it that way, then you're not giving yourself the best, uh, you know, opportunity to go out there and, and make plays for your team. Do you find watching film is interesting, exciting, or is it kind of boring or it just depends? You know, is it like a chore? Do you think – I'm talking not like as a whole. Like what do you feel like the, the mentality is of when, you know, because it, it could be a little tedious, but I guess at some degree it's kind of fun because you're also knowing like this is how like I'm going to be – like I'm going out. I have a chance to sort of learn or, or do my best. So like how do you approach that in terms of being, you know, part of the job? Is it exciting, interesting? Do you love it, hate it? Where, where How do you feel about film? And, and how would you say the overall uh, mm -hmm. players feel if you just had a get based on right. what you kind of hear and see? Right. Um, well, it's definitely, a, you know, a necessity. You know, you got to you gotta watch film in order to survive in this league. You, you just have to, right? So, um, and like everything, uh, like everything, when you do it enough, you know, it does get, you know, it could get monotonous if you let it. Um, but I think that finding the little things in it that, you know, will help you, you know, watch film is what, you know, the specific things, you know, that I talked about that, you know, that will help you uh, watch film and just be, uh, in, you know, enthused by, hey, like, this is, this is the point uh, in the game where I can make an impact play, uh, impact player, where I can make a splash play. And so you go and, you know, you look at film that way and imagine yourself, right, uh, you know, making that play. Or, you know, for me, a lot of the times I'm looking up, I'm, I'm watching film and I'm putting myself in those situations. Like if this was me, this is how I'm going to do it. Or if the, or I like the way this guy, you know, this other safety or this other corner, I like the way he played that play. I'm going to think about kind of, you know, uh, playing that play kind of the same if I see it this way, you know, in the game. Um, and so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different layers when, you know, when watching film, but, um, I'd say the general consensus is, you know, everyone knows that you kind of have to do it, but everyone's got a different, you know, way of, of, uh, of uh, viewing, you know, watching film. For sure. Um, how about distractions, friends, family, you know, people like you have in terms of your team, you know, so you have an agent, I'm sure there's, there's a lot, there's staff to kind of help, you know, do that. But how much of that is, um, you know, do you find like people too? people maybe come in town for a game, right? Friends and stuff. They want to watch a game, but they want, they understand you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do your thing. But like, uh, have you found it distracting at all with the distraction? You know, also being a professional athlete, right? There's a lot of, lot of interest, people trying to get a hold of you. I'm sure girls chasing all these things. Like what, how have you kind of managed all this stuff? And, and are you able to just like block everything out on a weekend? Uh, when, do you go to a hotel like right. at home you don't sleep in a hotel the night before a game or do they do they put the team i think they do don't they yeah mm -hmm. you do yeah you sleep in the team on time before okay um you know but with distractions i would say the, the number one thing that they tell you when you come in as a rookie is that you're going to have to learn um how to say no 
and you know have those uncomfortable conversations and uh, they tell you by any means if you have to say no uh, to say no um, whether that's in whatever way that you dress it up as whether it's hey like you know it sounds great but i gotta ask my agent call my agent about it and then your agent will say no or like hey it sounds great i would love to do this for you i would love to you know uh invest in this or i'd love to support you in this way but uh you know, let me ask my financial advisor about it. And if you want it to be no, the financial advisor will say no. Um, so, but that's a, that's that's the main thing that you know they tell you is be comfortable with saying no because uh, you know at this level, um, when a lot of your time, um, if you want to be a good player, um, a lot of your time is already being demanded. You know, if you're willing to put the work in, that when you do finally have some off time, uh, it's not fair. Um, to yourself, right, to, you know, to stress yourself out and think that you have to be in a thousand places at once. Obviously, there's going to be, you know, you're going to have family coming in town. You're going to have, you know, if you, you know, half the guys in the locker room are married with kids and they got their own family dynamic at the house. Um, and that's, you know, a whole other conversation in itself, uh, you know, having to go and, you know, go to practice and do this, this and that and then come back and, you know, you still have to be a father. You know, at the end of the day, half the locker room is doing that, right? So, um, I can only imagine, and I'm, I'm, you know, I don't have a family yet, so I can only imagine how it would be, you know, coming home, and, you know, and you still, you know, have to be, you know, a father, and still having to dodge, you know, people coming from left and right asking for this, asking for that, asking for, you know, time, asking for money, and you just gotta learn how to, you know, in, in the best way that you can, man. There's nothing wrong with giving time at all. There's nothing wrong with giving money here and there at all. But, you know, one of the things that I've always held uh, close to me is, you know, you got to learn how to say, you know, how to say no to be able to. Difficult. Prepare, it know, is. So. It's difficult. Because yeah. especially if you, you know, you, you're people that, you know, you know, you, you want to help and that have been there and stuff right. at some point, right. You can't do everything. You can't do it all. And it's, uh, it, it's sure. difficult. That's a, that's a real skill set. So it's good to hear there's some support. And and helping and, and under you know trying to make sure that everyone's doing their best with that because that, that's definitely not easy. Right, I got two more questions and then I want to go over shooter. We do have a giveaway on Twitter. Uh, this will be we'll try to take some of these. I know um, I appreciate again the time. We'll have to we're going to definitely be linking up soon, oh, man. Yeah. It'd be nice to meet in person. Uh, I got to ask yeah. you also about about Twitch, man. So Twitch, tell me you you, you video games. Uh, you're a, you you like? Is there any that you really like? You stand out out that you love to play? And what are your Twitch? Uh, plans aspirations okay so i'm trying to go dive head first uh into twitch um i love it as a platform just being able to have an open source be able to communicate um with anyone who wants to be in the room at one time and um i grew up playing video games uh my little you know with my little brother we still play video games to this day um i'm you know a fully grown man he's you know in college we're you know still playing video games like you know like we were you know 10 15 years ago so that being said man i love playing love playing video games right now i'm a huge uh call of duty guy huge Warzone guy um there was a phase to where i was all fortnite when fortnite first came out I, you couldn't take me away from it um but yeah like i'm i'm a huge battle royale guy um and that's kind of where i am uh right now in that world um, I will hop on, you know, NBA 2K and, you know, Madden. I'll hop on those games every once in a while. If, you know, I have those games at the house if someone wants to come over and, you know, hit a quick, 
get a quick game, you know, I can, you know, I can, I, I can work somebody in one of those games. But I'm so big in the battle royale, man, and what some of these games have been able to do with just the whole like open battle royale mode, especially Call of Duty's done a great job um, with that. So I'd love to jump in head first. I have my Twitch, um, I have my Twitch account. Um, it's not like set up or anything yet, but as soon as it is, I'm gonna get that to you. Um, so that hopefully, man, you can put that out there and whoever wants to, you know, join and just, you know, you know, do what we're doing now, right? Talk about life. Talk that that's my goal. And just talk about life, talk about sports, talk about football, talk about, you know, anything, you know, with the people who want it while uh while being able to play, you know, video games, something that we all uh can vouch for and you know, we all love. So that's my, you know, vision, kind of still working on it at the time, but um, yeah, those are my goals and just to be able to connect with fans, connect with, uh, you know, people who share the same interests that I do. Do you have a Twitch name yet set up or no? Have you made an account for like to stream on or not yet? Right. So, um, I have a Twitch account. Um, I think it is, I don't want to, I don't want to close the app, but I think it's just, uh, I think it's the same as my Instagram and Twitter. So I think it's just Jamal, J-A-M-A-H-L. Okay. I believe, I believe that is it. I think on Twitch they have like, you know, like numbers or something after your, after your name. But I'm looking. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, uh, it's fine. We'll we'll get it. We'll put it up. I'll definitely, like I said, I'm happy to help, and that's very cool. I know Juju Schuster. He streams. I, I've popped on a few times to chat with him before, and I know he's like he does that a fair amount. So is there any is there any guys yeah. that you're friends with that you know that do it that you that you've kind of in the NFL is there some other guys I know he does it right so um uh so one of my best friends um we were both drafted at the same time at the same same year one of my best friends um in the league uh Amani Oarie he's a uh, he plays corner uh for us number 24 nice. uh, great friend of mine and uh you know we've been talking about this for a while and then, uh, you know obviously during the season we kind of wanted to leave it alone and put it on the back burner but, you know, during the offseason, that's something that we really wanted to do is just, you know, do some joint uh, Twitch streams, do some, you know, separate Twitch streams, whatever, and just, you know, kind of get on there and and, and and just vibe, right? And just, uh, you know, answer any questions that people may want to know. Just talk about, you know, the game, talk about, you know, live sports, uh, you know, the whole nine. So uh, it's fun, right? He's one of them. Uh, I can't think of any more off the, off the top of my head, but I know there's a, a lot of guys who want it makes a lot of sense because like so you have a platform you have a name and it's like if you're gonna like if you love sports if you love video games and playing and interacting with people it's just like why not build something you know, that's kind of how i looked at it with poker i was like look i'm playing online poker and you know i like to talk it's kind of lonely too if you're sitting there playing video game all day you know now you, your parents or friends can't say look you're doing nothing productive because if you're building a brand and you're and you're and you're doing stuff plus you're having fun you would do it anyway why not why not do it? Especially if you enjoy it, right? That's the thing. If you like people, you like talking and, and it's just kind of fun. So I, I love to hear that. Definitely. Let me know if I can help it anyway, be, be happy to do that. And we'll, we'll definitely get your, we'll put it in the video here. Once you have the name, you can, would you send me a message? I'll, I'll make sure to add it to show more and, uh, and we'll clip that. That'll be fun. Well, let's, uh, I think I, I got last question I have written down before we'll drive over to, uh, to, 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 to the, the Twitter questions. Um, what special skills or attributes? Oh, and we lost them. 
We lost him. I'm going to try to add him back in. Last time I cut the broadcast and messed this up. But anyway, I hope you guys are enjoying it. We got Will. I'm sure Will's going to pop back on here in a second. We had a couple of technical difficulties to start. We did get it going. So it's been very, very informative for me. I've learned a lot and really uh, enjoy it. I'm enjoying it. Here he goes. We got him back here. Hold on one sec. Let me see. Add the stream. You, Will, you there? Hello? I can hear you. All right, so we we getting Will back here, but you know, like I said, we'll add him on. We'll add him on Twitch. We'll make sure that we we can do our best. I'm gonna to... uh, restart it real quick. Okay, no worries. We'll get Will back here in a second. But again, guys, he has played in the NFL. He's been in for several years. He's on the Lions. That's my that's my squad: Lions, Ravens, Dolphins. And we're gonna get him back in. See if you can. Can you hear me? Yep. All good. So, sorry about that. I don't. I'm You're not good. Sure what happened. Listen, trust me, I've been streaming a long time on Twitch. There's going to be, yeah, as it happens, technical things cut, go down. And it's part of it, man. So, no worries at all. Um, yeah, let's, I think the last question before I take the Twitter ones about, I want to know about special skills or attributes that you have that allow you to make an NFL roster, you know, 40 yard dash, vertical jump, coverage skills. What, what is like stands out for you and, and that you think that maybe is something that you really excel at that, that gives you a competitive advantage over there's so many like i said so hard to get in man so hard to make one of these rosters on one of these these 32 teams what what are some of your best attributes as a player um you know to be honest i think that uh, one of my best uh, attributes is just being able to you know line up at you know a number of different uh, positions and that's something that i've always taken great pride in and that's something that i was fortunate enough to get the opportunity to do this year um, you know, battling, you know, uh, you know, when, when a team battles, you know, injuries and you got guys down from injury, you got guys down from, you know, unfortunately COVID and stuff like that you need, um, you know, I was able to, uh, you know, plug into a number of different positions. Um, obviously, you know, I got drafted here as a safety, played a lot of safety here, but, um, you know, then I was, um, you know, tasked to do the role of nickel. And so I played inside, you know, at the nickel position, I was able to, you know, have a lot of fun in that position and really embrace that position as well. And later on down the season, was able to play my last four games, you know, at corner. Um, so, you know, it was a blessing uh, to me to be able to display um, a lot of my attributes and, you know, in that, you know, in that way, just being able to move around positions, you know, and try to play at a high level. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that's, that, that's one of the things that I, you know, kind of hang my hat on is just being someone, uh, you know, who can just go in there and, you know, and play football. I don't really see myself as one specific uh, position. I really, you know, I cross train in the off season. I always have. And, uh, you know, it's the same thing that, you know, I said when I first got drafted here is, hey, whatever you need me to do, um, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. If that's, you know, play safety, that's play nickel, that's play corner. Um, I'm going to treat it as if I've been doing that, you know, my entire life. And I'm going to treat it no differently than I would you know, during any other week, you know, playing safety. So very, very cool. And and yeah. and how was it to reunite with Lions defensive coordinator Paul Pascal? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, probably wrong, but you know, I think it was were, how many years were you with him at BC and mm-hmm. how cool is that to to be there and, and have him there? Right. I mean it was dope, you know, to see a familiar face, especially someone uh, uh someone like uh, Coach P man. He was uh he was with me at BC for I believe it was two years at least. It was two or three years and um And he's got, um, you know, in both, you know, college and pro uh, sports. And so just being able to learn from him and, you know, pick up some of the things that, 
you know, he was able to teach us, you know, in college uh, was, you know, was really cool and being able to interact with him and, 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 and kind of learn uh, from him on the, on the professional style of uh, just, you know, one, you know, being hit, he was a familiar and two, uh, just knowing that he's, he's been doing this for a long time and being able to pick up some of those uh, nuances that I wasn't able to pick up in college, just for the sake of it being in college, there's a certain, you know, there's a different level of his coaching that I was able to experience on the next level. So uh, that was amazing. Very cool. Um, all right, let's take let's take some Twitter questions here before we, we get off uh, a couple on there. There's a lot, so you know you you get make sure we give Will a follow on his Twitter and Instagram. Which do you prefer more? Do you don't you do uh, do you like do you, are you have, you look like I mean, you got some cool shots here. Do you do you have a preference? <laughs> on your um, I, I don't have a preference. Um, you know, I get back to uh, you know I see everything on 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 Twitter. Um, uh, for some reason, I you know I see everything on Twitter, on Instagram, it may be uh, a little harder because you know they filter everything into the into the request. But um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm I'm on both of them. I'm active on both of them, and you know if you want to chat it up a little bit, I'm you know I'm on I'm on both platforms. Uh, I'd say equally. So I love it. What uh what what it, all right? Let's do a couple of these because I know we we've already been going, man. That's a, you're really easy to talk to. Already an hour and a half in. We're definitely going to link up in person, uh, being in the same area for, yep. for part of the time coming up here. I look forward to that. Um, tell me, I'm going to get this this giveaway kind of loaded up here as we we uh, we'll pick someone for this fifty dollar giveaway. But uh, in the meantime, let's let's take a few of these questions, kind of rapid fire, try to get some of these uh, these out here. And if nice. anything comes, you know, just 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 shoot off and answer. Uh, which team will win the Super Bowl this year? Ah. ah. Um, you know, I, uh, that's a great question. Uh, Brady's on the roll right now. Uh, you know, they've been on the roll. Uh, they, you know, they're pretty consistent, man. They're pretty, con they're pretty consistent. So I'd, I'd, I'd have to give it to them. I'd, I'd, I'd want, uh, you know, Green Bay to at least be in there to represent the NFC North. But, uh, I think that, um, I think that Brady's got a shot here on the other shot, you know. They've been pretty consistent. So it's getting a little wild. Listen, I'm Michigan fan. Born and raised in Arbor. I love Brady. I'm married to a Brazilian. I'm married to a Brazilian. Hard not to root for the guy. It's getting a little crazy, though, right? I mean, this is honestly, he really is. There's no one even, you just can't, you can't put anything. Have you played against him yet? Have you guys matched up in the seasons or no? I have. I played in my rookie year. And uh, yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's one of the goats, man. It's, it's, you can't, you can't deny it. You can't deny it. He's got to get 40, 44 and still having the passing title, man. It's, it's just beyond me, man. No one can really explain it. You just got to watch him. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, just one of those things. All right. Clara asks about when I watch football, I get very apprehensive about the intensity. Tell us a little about the physical preparation of an elite athlete because the preparation needs to be phenomenal to withstand so much intensity. I want to add into that about practice versus play, right? You practice, mm -hmm. you guys aren't trying to kill each other going to game it's like kind of uh, how can you even practice versus play like how, how do you do that because it's not the same getting hit 35 miles an hour running full speed it's like a car accident i think i saw a stat where it's literally like getting a 35 mile hour car accident on a lot of these tackles so <laughs> how do you practice for that and what's right. it like practice versus playing right i mean uh you know so the first part of that would be you know you know what you uh you know you know what you sign up for you know when you play this game and uh, i think that's the beauty in it is that everyone knows kind of there's an unsaid uh, culture in the game that, hey, this is for a certain type of, 
you know, person who is willing to do, you know, to put his body under, you know, this amount of intensity. And then, you know, in practice, uh, practice is a lot, is a little bit the same as the game. You just take the contact out, right? So in practice, you're full speed all the way up until contact, then you shut it down. So full speed, full speed, full speed, and then you shut it down. And so you do that all week, kind of preparing, preparing your body and prepping your body um, all through the week. And then, you know, on Sunday, hey, the Sundays, Sunday is the player's day. You just let it rip. And so it's the same thing you've been doing in practice. So you go full speed, full speed, full speed. And then on Sunday, you get to just let it rip. And you don't have that governor on you kind of pulling you back uh, because of being in practice. So Very cool. Um, do you have any gambling stories with teammates? Like any 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 games on the plane, uh, high, low, or just 50-50s? Is there any of that? Either if you can't share names, maybe between you or do other players, you witness some crazy stories like, some some bets or you know obviously not on the sports side or just like on the on the side of like wait, wait, maybe poker do some of the guys play poker that you know of or do you know of any crazy games yeah. within the NFL on the teams because I you know I hear stories especially in the NBA that I've run like crazy you know it's very common do you know any of these or yeah. do you have anything you could share without giving names um yeah without giving names man I've seen some I've, I've seen some of my older uh colleagues with you know means by which to do so I've seen some some pretty significant losses at, at, at the said, And that's one of the things I had to learn is that, you know, I've also seen those same guys, you know, have some pretty significant gains at the casino. And so one thing that I kind of learned from that is, you know, especially being new to money in my rookie year, I was like, Hey man, it obviously, you know, takes money to make money in the casino, man. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, so you know, I've I've seen some pretty crazy some some pretty crazy uh, losses. I think I've seen someone I I lost I've seen someone lose uh, upward of a hundred thousand uh, before, and I've also seen someone upwards of a hundred thousand, um, and it was those same people. So that's not necessarily the I'm I'm not I'm definitely not there yet. Um, you know, my mom would definitely not approve, not approve. But hey, if you if you're if if you if you're gaining it and you know that's definitely something. If I was gaining consistent, uh, you know, be doing that because, um, you know, once you're gaining that amount, you know, in the casino, you're able to, you're good enough to be able to, you know, make that much, you know, make that much profit. Then obviously at some point you're gonna take some, you're gonna take some losses. But I think it's all in the fun of the game. The one thing I'll say about that is, listen, if you enjoy card games and, and these type of games, like I, I'm happy to help you or take a little time to learn uh, poker because you actually can control like what when you put your money in and the spots and the math and stuff. And you can actually be a significant favorite. Of course, of course, I'm always saying gamble respons responsibly. I'm not saying you should pick up poker as a hobby, but a caveat like blackjack, which is actually one of the neutralist, not crazy edge in the casino. But like, let's take roulette, for example, that that particular game you're actually on a double zero wheel do you know then you know what minus ev you have it's set like every spin there's a set minus percent you're you're, you're losing every spin you make so of course you could win 20 rolls in a row but like the actual math have you ever looked at what it is in roulette like if let's say you bet a hundred dollars do you guess how much you're losing on every spin of roulette you play for a hundred dollars oh man in ev so like What's just the, say a percent yeah uh that you're losing 
Yeah. So like it doesn't matter. Every like your expected value, EV, every time the wheel spins, there's a set percent you're supposed to lose. Of course, you could win over one spin or a hundred or even a thousand. It's possible, but right. like you're you're actually set the math on what every spin because it's there's 36 numbers, okay, yeah. and there's two zeros. So there's 38, um, there's 38 possible uh, results, and you're only getting paid 35 to one. Okay. So like if you roll every, like if there was no zeros and they Mm -hmm. paid you 36 to one, there would be zero EV. It would just be a neutral bet. Like you're you're supposed to win one out of 36. You would, but because of the zeros, that's why if you ever see a single zero, it's actually much better because you're getting Mm -hmm. 35 to one out of 37 instead of 35 to one out of 38. So it's significantly different. So I'll just tell you it's 5.4% you're losing every spin you make on a roulette wheel. So if you go and you sit down, you're in Jeez. Vegas, go to the Aria, shout out to Aria, love the Aria, and you bet $1,000 <laughs> on a roulette, you're losing $54 just every time. doesn't matter Jeez. what. You just you can write it off as, as mm-hmm. that. You can just say, I'm losing 54 That's why they give comps based on how much you're playing. They have a formula similar to Blackjack. And I'll just tell you, Blackjack's not a good game either unless they're counting cards. All these games, they're fun. It's cool, but you should look at it as entertainment because craps, roulette, blackjack, all these games, like obviously that's how the casinos are built. You know, right. it is what it is. But like as in poker, if you go to a poker at a casino, they don't care if you win or lose. They take their set fee and they they, they go go crazy. They're happy you win or lose. They don't care. Whereas in, in roulette or blackjack and these other games, it's not the case because right. they that's how they make their money, pay the employees, turn the lights on. It's an entertainment, but you're supposed to lose. Now, of course, you go to the casino, you could win on the day or whenever, but like you have a negative advantage every time you're playing. Just, just a heads up. I don't mean to, I don't mean to go. I'm with you, man. I'm yeah. with you. We, we definitely need to, uh, I definitely need to get my, uh, you know, my poker game. Uh, ah, whatever. Sure. It's, it's, well, it's just fun. It's fun to learn a little. It's a cool game. I'm happy. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely do a bit of that. Uh, happy to, happy to, to chop it up and, and talk, talk and, and show you some things. But anyway, that's, that's, it looks like you got a good head on your shoulders on that and respect and realize you know, yeah, it's it's like an entertainment thing. You're not going crazy in there, and that's important. To have have discipline, and you know, to be a professional athlete, the highest level, you got to have that. You got to be, you know, showing up, be on time, do your thing, watch the film. There's all these attributes that you already have that are that are great. But of course, you got to be careful too, because the casino can be too fun and dangerous. So it mm-hmm. looks like you're well aware of that. Um, all right, a couple more, and then we'll, we'll do this giveaway. Mood for 2022. How are you feeling? It's a nice, clean, even number. Two zero two two. What's going on? What are you thinking, man? New year. What, what What's the mood for you? New year, man. Especially coming off the way that uh, you know we came off the season last year, man. I, you know, you know, without football, man, I'm, 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 you know, revitalized. Uh, you know, looking forward to everything that this year that this season have, you know, has to offer. Um, new opportunities you know, everywhere, you know, not considering football, but, you know, putting football into the equation, man, obviously can't wait, um, you know, for the next season. Obviously, we're going to take some time off, you know, bring it back in, uh, decompress, and, uh, you know, get ready to, uh, you know, reload, man, get ready to, you know, go back at it. So 2022, man, is going to be a great year. It's going to be a super fun year. It's going to be a very, very dope, very fun year to be, you know, in the city of Detroit. Um yeah, it's gonna be full of life, man, and I, you know, I can't wait. I love it. I'm, I got back. I usually get back around Thanksgiving. I know Lions are. They always have that Thanksgiving game. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna come check you out at a live game. I haven't been to a Lions game in a few years. I'm definitely gonna come to a game. Uh, yeah. I, I would love to watch. So I'm, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be 
definitely send you a message and, and coming that way next year. Um, so I, I do look forward to it. I got a good feeling for the Lions, man. I feel like they're going to have a good season. Sure. It just it'll, feels it'll, like it'll, they're it'll the be going the right way. Um, very, very cool. Uh, let's see. Last, let's take one more here. Tell me a little about where you grew up. Yeah. How was your growing up in Suwannee? Am I pronouncing that right? Uh, Suwannee. Suwannee. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, Suwannee was cool, man. It was, uh, when we first moved to Atlanta, we were on the south side, uh, of the city. Uh, we were in Hapeville area, uh, next to East Point, um, in Atlanta. So, uh, we were, you know, I was still very young at that time, but, um, you know, we ended up moving to Gwinnett County up by, you know, Suwannee and, uh, you know, the school to go to was, uh, in that region was North Gwinnett and North Gwinnett had a history of being, you know, a top dog, a powerhouse uh, for football. So, you know, that that whole town really embraced us as, um, you know, really embraced the football team. So it's kind of one of those, uh, like, Friday night light feels to where you go to, like, the local diner and, like, they, you know, like, hey, what's up? We're like, good name, like this and that. You go in the barbershop, like, or you go in the barbershop after a loss and it's like all you can hear about is that freaking loss in the bar because everyone knows it's a it's a it's it's a very sports uh enthused town so um yeah. you know that was uh you know it was dope it was dope growing up there and um, that's gotta be cool you know, right too your north, dad right playing north north nfl right so so people know yeah. like that's pretty sweet that's gotta be yeah. gotta be pretty cool what what teams did he play for or did or one right he so he played for uh, jacksonville um, which is actually where I was born. Um, he met my mother, uh, who had just, you know, came from Florida State. He met my mother in Jacksonville. She was working in Jacksonville at the time, and he was playing there. And um, yeah, I was I was born in Jacksonville. Very cool. um, so yeah, he played in Jacksonville and then in um, in, in Buffalo as well. Very cool. Um, I, I want to ask you about college football. Is it, is do do you feel affiliated? Like how much? How strong are you to the BC? Like Michigan had a you know great year, twenty twenty one MSU and U of M. Both having won 12 games on the on the Lions per se. Do the players continue to stay wired to the college team? Do you get emotionally involved? Are you like on Saturday? Are you watching college football and checking in, or is it you know how is it for you? Do you stay in touch with that with the college? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, big time. That's a huge like every Saturday, man. It's 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 a thing. It's a thing, especially when guys teams guys former teams play each other. Oh yeah, and I like bet. you know. Like one of my one of my teammates, uh, Austin Bryant, he plays you know, DN for us, and he went to Clemson. So yeah. every time we play Clemson, like, I'm, we're always like, you're just talking trash the whole morning. There's yeah. guys like you got all type of bets going on. You yeah. got like, and then on and then on the Monday, you'll see guys who went to like you see guys who went to Alabama in full LSU gear because maybe LSU won. Yeah. So like you got you know all types of bets like, hey, if my team wins, you got to put on. You got to dress in all LSU gear for the whole year. So, like, things like that, man. It's just, like, it's it's crazy, man. Because you know, is, there, all... is there any more obnoxious <laughs> than others? Like, it's not like Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Is there, is there any ones that just, like, a little too much that, too like, take it too far? You know, or is, is there any someone that stands out to you? Hey, man, we got we got guys who uh, went to Michigan. We got guys who went to Ohio State. So, that's always a thing. Mm. The Notre Dame guys. Like, you got Notre Dame guys in the locker room that just seem to, like, because, you know, Notre Dame doesn't belong to any, you know, real, you know, conference, right? So they're just like, they're just into it with everybody, right? They're just into it with Big Ten teams, into it with ACC teams, you know, every every week. Um, you know, we got, you know, the whole Georgia-Florida thing going on. You know, we got, you know, and it's right. crazy. You got, got the full deal. It's alive. It's yeah, definitely you, yeah. a thing. You got guys from everywhere, along. man. Love it. 
All right, last question. Favorite stadium you've played at so far? Of course, the very nice Ford Field, the, the Lions. It's got a great, great, great new newish facility. I think 2006, the Super Bowl was there, and it's mm-hmm. been you know pretty, pretty new upgraded, updated stadium. Give me the one you played at though in the NFL. Which is the most favorite one you've gone to? That's not not at home. Mm, 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 mm. Um, I'd say. Whew. Off the top of my head, I would say. Uh, I would say I would say Atlanta, and just as far as the stadium alone, I'll say first as far as the stadium alone, I'd say Atlanta number one because I was able to come home and play, you know, hometown. You know that was great. That was dope. And the stadium, they've done a really good job with that stadium. The stadium's dope, um, and it's five minutes away from my house. I can literally almost oh, see wow. it from my from my that's, house uh, from my parents' house in Atlanta. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, so that was dope. And then, uh, to be honest, uh, Denver. Denver Stadium, man, and um, you know it being so high in elevation, I kind of you always wanted to know like what's that about, um, and you know you find out during warmups that it's very much real that that whole elevation thing, man. And you're like you kind of get your, you know, you kind of gas, man. You're like, why am I? You forget about the elevation, and then you're work like you're working out pregame, and you're like, why am I? I only did like a couple of like high knees and a couple of like jogs. Why am I gas right now? And so that's you, crazy. You that. That'd be an advantage for them too, right? For them not yeah. only to play the course, but like, like even just everywhere else being in better shape and fitness. Cause I know like the U S Olympic teams, they train there, Colorado Springs, and there's definitely something to that elevation. So I'm sure the Broncos always got a little extra, they're a little extra gassed up. So that's, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, interesting to hear that. Yeah. Um, fair enough. Uh, I'm sure that's worked into the, the spreads and all that. People know that the home field there. <laughs> Is a thing so all right uh yeah, last sure. thing here i'm gonna ask you to do is choose a winner we did have a 50 dollar giveaway for everyone to engage i we can't get to all the questions i'm sure will he'll take a look he's seeing he is tagged in there maybe he'll answer a few on the side but we did get to some of those we covered a lot really really no enjoyable man i appreciate it and you tell me when and someone's gonna win the the 50 giveaway all right cool let's do it ready yep all right boom there we go so we're gonna choose a winner 75 potential out of us better than one percent chance and my man right there he got it done it is a we got we got tanny adenar who won it so getting 50 bucks cash not a bad way to start the year good luck to whatever they do with it you know look he's won again some people win multiple things man everyone's ever there's luck involved in life man it's part luck is when preparation meets opportunity he was prepared he did the the (laughs) direction he asked a question and now he's got some money so i appreciate that and uh yeah man well thank you so much this was this was a real pleasure thank you for coming on and let's let's definitely link up very soon we'll, we'll grab dinner i told you about that charity event and we'll we'll talk off off uh stream and i'll definitely help you with twitch as much as i can no doubt man thanks for having me man it was a it was a pleasure bro chopping up with you so cheers cheers bro. Right, to it, brother yeah thank you so much i'll see you soon thanks again no doubt my man appreciate you bro all right have a good one all right guys yes, let's go yes, Number 160 in the books, Detroit Lions safety. He's he's young, he's hungry, he's motivated, and you can tell he's got a good head on his shoulders. I got big plans for him. I think he's going to crush it, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll have some more big podcasts coming up. Anton Ferdinand, we just had at 159. Please hit the like button. Tell me what you thought of the podcast, and we'll see you for many more to come. Appreciate you guys. Happy 22, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.